0: Good morning, how are you guys doing today? Super, thanks for being here with us today as we have this opportunity to be able to continue in our second week of the story. Uh, as Pastor Mark mentioned, uh, if you do not have one of our storybooks yet, please grab one on the way out uh, so you can keep up with us. Uh, today, we are looking at chapter 2. Last week, Pastor Mark talked to us about life as a whole, a creation, the very beginning. God speaking everything into being. The story of Adam and Eve, the story of the fall, the story of Noah, the story of people who failed over and over and over again, people who sinned just like we do, but people that God still chooses to make a part of his story. That's the same for all of us here today. People who have failed, people who have sinned, but people who are a part of God's story. And so today we open up with chapter two then, God building a nation. You would think from looking at those first few chapters of the Bible that God would say, you know what? I'm gonna do something different. I don't need all of these people to build a nation. I can build anything that I want because I am God, but still he chooses each and every one of us. This is the story that we hear about in scripture, and it's the story that really directs our lives. The Bible, this, this guide, this map, this route into where you and I are going. You guys use directions, right? Right? Everybody here knows how to use directions. What would most of you do if I told you uh, a restaurant that I wanted to take you to this afternoon? I'm not really doing that because I don't have enough money to pay all, for all of you. But what if we wanted to go to a restaurant together today? If I told you, uh, here is the restaurant, what would you do to be able to meet me there? Anybody? Yeah, there you go. Throw out your phone. I think that's probably the easiest thing for most of us. We have GPS on our phones now. Uh, Some of you may even have a vehicle that you can just say, take me to the closest gas station or take me to the closest coffee shop, and it will set up the directions for you. If you put it into your phone, if there's a traffic accident, and uh, there's a a route that's shorter, it will tell you, hey, if you want to save two minutes, click on this alternative route, and it will take you there. Directions we have today are amazing. Directions haven't always been like that, have they? Anybody remember this? Anybody? Oh, man, I do. Because when I learned to drive, this is how we went from place to place. And living in uh, Orange County, this was the guy that we had. It was just called the Thomas Guide. And you have to look up in the back of the book what street you were going to and kind of like the roundabout address. And it was in like a five-point font, like super small. And then you had to find the page that it was on, flip to that page. Then you had to find the grid that it was on, A3, and go there. And then you had to figure out where am I at now and how am I going to get to this place? It wasn't super easy, but guess what? Uh, As a a freshman or sophomore in high school, I figured it out. We we figured it out because that's the only thing that we had at our disposal. Sometimes when we look at the story, when we look at the Bible, there are pieces to you that may seem confusing. Maybe there are pieces that are directions that may seem easy. It goes back and forth. Either way, You can figure it out, I promise you. Because it's a message that God wants us to be able to have. He wants to be able to give you direction. He wants to be able to provide in your life. And today's story is no different. Because it's not just us today that need direction. It's all people for all of time who have needed direction. And so God opens up today in section two of the story Bible with this directive that he gives to Abram. By the way, uh, when we hear those names in Scripture today, Abram or Abraham, it's the exact same person, just a name change that occurs uh, during this portion of Scripture. And so uh, let's just review briefly this morning, as Linda read for us, uh, this opening piece of our Scripture that we have for today, of directions that God gives to one of his people. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country... And your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. So many promises that God gives to Abram just in these first couple verses. He says, I'm gonna give you land, Uh, I'm gonna give you this great nation. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And you're just going to be a general blessing to all those you come in contact with. It's a lot of promises and a lot of gifts that God gives to Abram. But did you hear who he chose in our reading for today? Abram and Sarah are no spring chickens that he decides to pick. And it's not an easy task that he gives to them. In fact, right now, when God is calling, did you hear their ages in that reading? It says that Abram is 75 years old and that Sarah is 66 years old. I'm not sure these are the individuals that you would pick and say, this is who I'm going to build a nation through, but this is who God picks. God picks these individuals, not just in this story, but in all stories of Scripture. People who we think would maybe not be the most appropriate or the best choice to be able to lead, to be able to grow, to be able to strengthen his community. But again, this is who God picks. And As you hear this story for today, I hope that it begins maybe removing some of the excuses that we have sometimes. It would have been really easy for Abram and Sarah to say, uh, God, we're too old, we can't can't do this. And they did have doubts in their minds, but as we'll see in a second, they step out in faith. It would have been easy for a lot of people in the Bible to make those excuses, and it's easy for you and me to make those excuses. It would be easy for some of us in here maybe to say that same thing. You know what? I'm too old. I'm not going to do this. For some of us in here today, maybe we say, "You know what? I I don't have enough funds. I don't I don't have enough money. Uh, I can't I can't give to that." Maybe for some of us in here, we'd say, "You know what? I don't have I don't have the right abilities. I j- I just don't have enough talents. I can't I can't do that." And we can give excuses all day long to God, or we can step out in faith. See, that's where our New Testament text interweaves today. With our Old Testament text, remember not two different stories, one story. From the book of Hebrews, we read by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he wanted. And, excuse me, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, it says that Abraham steps out. This wasn't an easy journey. He is called to be able to go uh, 750 miles is about the the distance. I don't know about you. I don't don't love moving. You know what else is bad about moving? If you're like Abraham and don't have a moving truck, think about this. All his stuff, all his possessions, they got to carry on foot, maybe on donkey if they're lucky, to be able to go to this place that they have no idea where they're going. But by faith, Abraham steps out. There's a lot of people in our congregation today that I see in here that uh, you have stepped out in faith in different ways. There's people in here that have uh, adopted children because they needed to be adopted and they stepped out in faith. There's people here that have given tremendous uh, monetary gifts to the mission here at Desert Foothills that they have stepped out in faith. There are people here uh, David used to be a commercial airline pilot, right, just like five months ago, and left his job, super good job, to come here to talk to us today about what he now does. I can go down the line and probably name almost all of you that I know who you are about ways you have stepped out in faith. Keep doing that. Keep trusting who God is in our life. It's easy to look out in the things of life and think the things that we think are good or the things that we think are bad and not want to be able to get involved with the negative stuff and only the things that benefit us. But is God calling us to step out in faith even if you do not know where you are going? There's a story of a farmer who lives a pretty simple life. He only owns one horse and one day Uh, The horse breaks out of its pen and takes off. doesn't have one left. It's part of his livelihood. His neighbors hear about it, and they come to his house, and they say, you know, what bad luck you were having to lose your one and only horse. And he says, who are you to say if it's good or if it's bad? Let's wait and see what happens. Three days go by, and his horse comes back home. And there's three wild horses that are following it. They all run right into his pen, and he fixes it back up, and now he's got four horses. And all his neighbors come back, and they say, You were right. I can't believe it. Now you have four horses. What good luck you are having. What a good thing this is. He says, Who is this to say if it's good or if it's bad? Let's wait and see what happens. Another couple days go by and his son is outside training one of the new wild horses and it bucks him off and it kicks him super bad. It shatters his femur. His son gets very, very ill. The neighbors come over to bring him something to eat to see his son and they said, you're right, what bad luck this is. He said, who's to say if it's good or if it's bad? Let's Wait and see what happens. A week later, there's a horrible war that breaks out in a surrounding country. The government comes to all the houses in his village, and they are taking all of the young men who can fight to be able to go off and to go to war, one that almost will certainly put them to death. But when they come to the farmer's house, they find his son who's there with this broken leg and said, he can't fight, so we're going to leave him. All the neighbor's sons are taken and they come to his house and they say, what good luck you are having. And you know his response. It's so easy to say what is good or what is bad in our eyes. The things we think are good, the things we think are bad, and we live our lives in those different categories. We only want the good, we don't want the bad to come. But what about when God uses those times in our life? I'm not saying we should look for the bad. I'm not saying we should even look for just the good in life. We should really look for God in life. What if you woke up every morning and went to bed every night, not thinking about things being good or things being bad, but about things being God's? Whatever happens in my life today is going to be God's plan in my life for today. Because God has given each and every one of you the exact same promises. The promise that he wants to build a nation through you. The promise that God wants you to share in his world. The promise that God wants you to live in paradise with him forever. Think about back to the story of Abram and Sarah. They are so old to be able to receive this promise that they are going to have a child. 75 years old, 66 years old, but they go by faith. A month goes by, and Sarah is not pregnant. Six months goes by, and she's not pregnant. A year goes by, five years, 10 years, two decades go by, and they're still waiting on this promise from God. Finally, Abraham is 100 years old, and Sarah is 91 years old, and that baby comes, Isaac. It's laughable that a couple this old would be able to have a child, so much so that Sarah and Abraham do laugh. They even name their son Isaac. It literally translates to he laughs. The story is laughable. Think about it. Abraham and Sarah and Isaac are the only ones at Applebee's that are taking advantage of the senior special and kids eat free on the same (laughs) night. They're the only ones going down the aisle at Costco and they're buying both Huggies and Depends. (laughs) Think about it. They're so separated. But God's promise comes to fulfillment. Why? Why? Because every time God makes a promise to his people, he follows through. Every time. Not some of the times. And the truth is still there for us today that we need to know about that. That we need to hear about that. It's a wonderful story. Abraham, Isaac, and Sarah. This beautiful family together. And God starts building a nation. But then it changes again. The story is going so well. But after these things, God tested Abraham, and he said to him, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Think about how that must have felt for Abraham. Think about that test that's there. God says, see that son there, that that one and only son you have? The one that you love, not a son that you hate, a son that you love so much. I want you to be able to offer him up. I think most of us here have already read this chapter in the story, or most of us here have already heard this story before. We know what happens. You know, the the ending is good, but pause with me here today and don't jump onto that yet. We'll get there in a second. Imagine, truly try to imagine what this feels like in the life of Abraham. Or what would it feel like in the life of somebody today? Maybe not that type of sacrifice, but what about a different situation that somebody faces? This week, I was flipping through an old day planner that I just happened to find. And on March uh, 22nd of 2013, I had uh, the name uh, Andrew and Lori written down and the word wedding below it. Uh, but I had noticed I had crossed through it. Lori was a girl who started coming to uh, a church that I was at, and uh, not too long after, met this young man named Andrew, and uh, they hit it off. They were perfect for each other. Super good uh, Christian people, very loving, and they asked if I would do their wedding, and I said, yeah, that's no problem. So we planned ahead for their wedding. Everything's going super smooth, looking great, and uh, all of a sudden Andrew got really sick. This really rare disease that he got, and it was up and down, and we rescheduled back and forth, and he started getting a lot better. And it seemed like it went from good to bad to good until she came in on Sunday morning the following week. She always came in, had one of the biggest smiles I've ever seen in my life. And she came in weeping this week and told me that, that Andrew had passed away the, the night before. And it's so hard when you are with somebody in that moment, and some of you have faced this in different ways, yourself or you know somebody who has, when it's that real moment. Because the story of Abraham and Isaac is great, right? They go up on this mountain and there it is, the sacrifice. It's trapped right there. It's horns are caught, they find this uh, sheep and they take it and they sacrifice it unto the Lord and everything's good. Abraham is actually super excited about this. Our scripture even tells us says, So Abraham called that name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And it's a great story. And the Lord does provide. But what about when you're somebody like my my friend Lori, who it doesn't feel like that. When you look up from that mountain and you say, uh, Lord, where's this place at? Where is this place of the Lord providing? And it hurts and it's difficult. But the Lord does promise that. He promised that in the story of Abraham and Isaac. And think about what that time must have been like and how that must have hurt. For Isaac to have to put that wood upon his back, he's not an infant at this time. He's a young man. And as he walks up that hill with his father, the one and only son, to probably figure out at some point that he very well may, may be that, that sacrifice, may be that offering. But he goes willing. He goes by faith. You see, the truth is, the Lord did provide both for Abraham and Isaac, but the Lord also provides for all of us. You see, our story today isn't the first time that we hear, or the only time, I should say, of a wonderful story such as this. The story of the Lord providing comes in a different way, too. The story of a father who loves his son so much that he would put wood upon his back and have him march up a hill for us. His one and only son that he took it upon himself to be that offering. Today, we look with my friend Lori and any of our individual stories at this mount and say, Lord, thank you for providing. Thank you for providing for Adam and Eve, for Abraham, for Sarah, for you, and for me. A God who loves us so much. It isn't about the good and about the bad, but it's about knowing that everything, especially you in your life and your story, is God's. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you tell us within this life that we are going to have troubles, but you say, take heart, for I have overcome the world. Lord, as we hear in the very beginning of your creation, You did not create this place to be a a picture of sin or to be something that was temporary. Lord, we were created to be perfect and to live with you in harmony forever. Lord, we know that that story will come true once again. Why? Because you promise it unto us. So Lord, make all of us here more aware of our surroundings, not to classify things as good or bad, but to classify things as being God's that we will have a different outcome and a different look on life because of what you have done through and especially for us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.